There are so many things as humans that we don't really understand. There are mystic, magical, faded things, as well as otherworldly realms that we just can't comprehend unless it's through the journey of our own soul. I'm your host, Steffi, aka The Spirit Sis. I'm a psychic medium, astrologer, and intuition teacher, and I'm here to take you on an exploration of all things spiritual. I'm going to connect to source, give you divine downloads, and I want to keep you in the spirit loop. So here is the Psychic Scoop. Hello, my little spooky, scary skeletons. Welcome back to the Psychic Scoop podcast. I am Steffi Spirit Sis, your psychic host, and I'm just going to jump right into today's episode. We have a very special guest, Tina Irwin. She is the ghost helper. This is such a good episode. I feel like you are going to love it. But Tina is passionate about being a ghost helper, and her mission is to teach the living how to help the dead. And she empowers everyone to have compassion for ghosts, um, especially their story, and effectively how to cross them over. So we get into all of that good, good (laughs) ghost talk, because you know I can't get enough. And she shed a lot of light on my experiences growing up with ghosts, Honestly, it was very fascinating to learn. And just a little disclaimer for this episode, since it is a Halloween episode, it is a little spooky at times. She shares a lot of personal ghost stories, some of which uh, include the manner of how the person passed away, and some of it is a little graphic. Just listen with caution. And at the end of the day, it honestly, Tina shares a really positive and encouraging message about how to help our loved ones when they are passing or how to successfully cross over a ghost if you feel that energy around you. So please enjoy today's episode with special guest, Tina Irwin. Hi, Tina. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, Steffi. I am so thrilled to be here. This is exciting. Ooh, my my listeners are going to just love you and eat you up because I get questions about ghosts all the time and I'm not an expert. <laughs> So here we go. Um, so will you mind telling us a little bit about your origin story, like how you got to where you are right now as a ghost helper? I was like a lot of people. I had psychic ability as a kid. You think everybody can see or sense the things you see. I My Siamese died and I could see her ghost and I'm eight years old and my mom can't understand why I'm seeing this cat ghost and she tells me that I must have made it up. But you can't make that up. You see it or you don't see it. It's real. And I didn't understand why if I asked people in school, teachers, if if how can there be no such thing as ghosts if you just told me that energy isn't created or destroyed? What happens to the energy of me when I die? I got into a lot of trouble in school because I kept asking those questions because it's physics 101. It's the the first or second law of thermodynamics. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. So I get through college. I joined the Navy uh, way back in the dark ages of 1972. Uh, And I'm so ancient, can't you tell? (laughs) No, you are not. (laughs) So the first day at my first duty station, I meet my husband and we just spent We've just celebrated 49 years together. So I really did get to marry the love of my life. And not a lot of psychics have a long marriage either. That's kind of an unusual thing. 
but he was really kind and patient, especially the first time we hadn't even been married a year. We had a, a situation of an attempted possession. It's as if once I married Troy, my psychic ability rocketed and ramped up. And I realized that you're a left-brained naval officer. This stuff isn't supposed to happen to you. But it did. And I decided that the only way I could address it was to study my little heart out. So I read everything I could get my hands on, studied every book I could find, even some of the books from the 1900s, early 1920s. There were some amazing authors. I read everything. And I began to put the pieces together. When we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, everything in Charleston is haunted. Yes, I'm scared to go there because of the house we bought was 18 months old. So when we looked at it, it didn't appear haunted to me. We moved in and from the first night, this ghost was just terrifying. He would walk upstairs, walk above in the rafters and, you know, I'm by myself. My husband's in navigator school. I don't know anybody. It's not like I can ask. We just had a very expensive move from Italy. I'm three months pregnant with our son and I'm scared every day. I'm just terrified every day. Mm. And my husband doesn't hear him. I couldn't see this guy, but I could hear him. I could feel his presence. I knew he was there. My sister moves in with us. We have a Halloween party and it's really cliche. We had a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) All the guests had left and my sister and I are sitting on the, you know, on my bed with the two Siamese we had talking about, you know, the party. Wasn't it fun? And we looked at each other and we hear someone in the kitchen doing dishes and there's nobody here. And the alarm for the house is on and this, the noise got louder and louder. And of course, I don't want to go in the kitchen and, and, and come face to face with a ghost. I mean, I was sort of cowardly at that point. I'm not cowardly anymore, <laughs> but I was at that time. We called the police. Police came. I had to turn the alarm off, which was terrifying. The police show up and they do a a tour around the house and they said, well, we don't know what you heard, but because you heard it and because you called us, you scared off someone breaking in because we can see the knife marks where they were breaking into the back of your house. Whoa. The ghost saved us from the break in. (gasps) Wow. I just got chills. It was like oh my gosh, I can't believe this really happened. And then he, we named him Jake. And Jake was a thief. He stole my contact lens. He stole the diamond earring. He stole my son's tennis shoes, a wallet, a bottle of wine. You name it, he took it. So you just would realize that it was missing completely and never showed back up. Well, the year I turned 30, I had, I had a baby. I got a master's degree. I made lieutenant commander. So I told my husband, he said, would you like to go out to dinner? And I said, yes. And you're going to give me diamond earrings because I earned it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. He did. So you take your earrings out to clean them and you put them in the cleaning solution and you wake up and one is missing. There is no logical explanation for that. My husband took his contact lenses out, put them in the solution, saw them the next morning. Both of them are missing. We realized we had quite a problem. So my sister started talking to real estate agents and she started doing research. This was the site of the old Archdale Plantation. And they had indentured servants. They had um, slaves. They had just people who worked for them. And it was right along the um, Ashley River. So 
I, you know, puffed up my courage and asked my neighbor and she launched, she said, oh my gosh, I went into my downstairs bathroom in the powder bath and every single surface is covered with droplets. The ceiling is bone dry. And she said, I'm terrified. And she said, you know, I put my jewelry by my bed and in the morning it's gone and the house has an alarm. It's like, okay. She said, you know what? I'm going to go to the garden club meeting and see if anybody else has problems. I'll report back. So she comes back and she says to me, you're not going to believe this. There are so many ghostly stories in the this Archdale neighborhood. One guy hears horses all night long. His house must have been built over the stable. Another woman comes downstairs and all of her furniture is completely rearranged. After that happened three times, she moved. <laughs> and there were just story after story. And we realized that we have an entire piece of property. So then I began to research predecessor energy. We didn't have any civil war issues. We only had issues from early settlements. And the Archdale Plantation had an avenue of oaks that were, you know, 200 years old. It was a beautiful place to live. It was a new development. But the predecessor energy doesn't matter how new your house is. If the predecessor energy is there and it's powerful, you are going to have ghostly activity. And it took me time and through a variety of circumstances, I did eventually learn how to cross over the dead. That's how I got started. (laughs) That is a great launch into doing what you do. So I guess my question about Jake, so you never really truly saw Jake. You just felt his energy and then heard him, correct? We heard him. We never physically saw him. I had a vision in my head of what he looked like. He had a slouched hat and tattered tattered clothes. He was you know, grindingly poor, but he had this sense of humor and he was going to mess with you, which was his, I mean, you would hear him run down the hall. There's no one there. Uh, I went out to drive my husband's. um, He was at sea, so I had his 240Z and uh, the car wouldn't start. So I I had to take a different car. So I get home and I have it towed to my mechanic in Somerville. The mechanic said, oh, it's a good thing you didn't drive this car because it started right up. As soon as the tow truck got it there, I mean, it just started right up. And I said, have I wasted your time? And he said, no. I don't know why your car didn't start in your garage. I'm thinking, yeah, that was Jake looking out for me. Who knew? But if you had (laughs) driven it very far, you would have thrown a rod and just fried your engine. Wow. Okay. How does a ghost from the 1600s know that I'm going to throw a rod if I start my car? So we didn't physically see him, but he would pound on the walls and you could hear plaster fall. So we had the auditory elements of this ghost, not the visual. And it seems like he really had your best interest in mind, which is really comforting in a way. It was comforting because most of the things happened when my husband was at sea. I mean, we've been married 49 years. He spent 42 of it at sea. Mm, Yeah. Wow. Yep. I've heard, I've heard ghost stories of um, some girlfriends of mine that have had lived with ghosts and they were really comforted by the end. But then I've also experienced ghosts ghostly um, encounters that have been really negative or scary. So I'm sure the gamut, you know, there's a big range of that. Um, But let me ask you, so what are ghosts? What are they? 
energetically speaking? Ghosts are us. And uh, back to the, the laws of thermodynamics, energy cannot be created and it cannot be destroyed. It simply changes shape. Our personalities are who we have always been. Like Jake was always a mischievous person. I've had vicious controlling person. I've crossed over murderers. They've been murderers life after life, and they've killed the same person life after life after life. And, and so your personality doesn't change because you're not in a body. You are who you have always been. If you're good and kind, you will continue to be good and kind. If you're a murderer or a thief or whatever you've been, that personality trait doesn't change. Wow. And you are frozen at the moment of death. You don't change your clothes. And if you die naked, well, that's a, that's a tough thing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Every time I've seen a ghost, they are wearing the same outfit when I see them repeatedly. I'd never even thought about that. Well, because they're frozen in time and space. And that's why predecessor energy is strong because they're still there. And the other problem that you you will find is, is that a lot of souls don't know they're dead. Now, think about this. We know for sure they're ghosts because people automatically separate body and soul. We bury the body, but, you know, I know his soul is still with me. People say this because there's this unconscious knowledge of the truth that we are who we've always been and the soul lives forever. We'll see each other again. Is it possible for someone to live in a haunted house or they have a ghost haunting them and they completely ignore it or don't even see it at all? Or maybe one person in the house is experiencing events and one person is not? That's entirely possible. One person doesn't believe it or they're into denial because if you believe it, what does that mean? And then it opens a mental doorway that people don't want to, they don't want to walk in that room. I mean, we lived in a haunted house and my husband, you know, he sort of believed me. He's had a lot of things happen, but it happened to him. Something happened to him. He, he we were late to work and Jake knocked on the headboard, like, get up. You people are late. You're going to, you know, you got to go to work. You got to go to work and save the world, you know? So he realized that Jake was real. And that's why we were studying, what do you do with a ghost? I I know a lot of people say, if you just burn sage, well, it doesn't have the spiritual horsepower to remove a ghost. There are some resins that do, incense is worthless, sage is worthless. The only things that can help you clear property is dragon's blood, frankincense, and myrrh, and benzoin, those four. Oh, beautiful. Dragon's blood, frankincense, benzoin, and myrrh. You can get those from bulk apothecary or... A lot of places to sell oil, they also sell resins. So those things are really, really helpful. And just going out and blessing property doesn't always remove a soul, which is why the Crossing Over Prayer book was written because there are 88 prayers in that book. And some of them are for clearing property. Some of them are for removing dark intelligences and some are for removing predecessor energy. Because I have had to deal with all of those. And it's hard to find a medium who knows how to do this. What if you could do it yourself? That's the point of the books. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I think most of the listeners here are open to ghost energy or have experienced ghost energy. 
So I guess just one, you mentioned a few things, but ghost 101 crossing over. How do you remove an entity in your house? Or what are the basics besides the, I mean, I know you have a beautiful crossing over prayer, but what else can you do to remove a spirit? Change the frequency of the house. And part of the problem is when you're dealing with a ghost, you don't know how this person died. Were they murdered? You also don't know if they have any idea that they're dead. I cleared a house in Pasadena and the, and the owner had, she didn't think there was anything there. She said, you know, I always have you clear my houses. She lived in like five different houses, cleared everyone. But the house in Pasadena, beautiful home, you know, 1920s kind of bungalow, immaculate condition, great vibration, felt fabulous. She said, can you look at it? And I said, sure. Sure enough, there is a woman serving tea. She has no idea she's dead. She died of tuberculosis. She's still serving tea in that room. I have this unusual ability to sift through something called stacks of time. So if you look at a location, and I'm thinking, what could possibly be in Pasadena? I mean, you have the Rose Parade. It's beautiful. There's no wars. There's no volcanoes. There's no earthquakes. It's Pasadena. It's easy. The lady in the 20s died of consumption. Moving forward, there were two ghosts. One was a little girl who died in her bedroom. Her mother was in a different bedroom. Neither ghost could see each other. Neither of them realized they were dead. They were frozen in the rooms in which they died a hundred years ago. Wow. And I connected the mother and the daughter, brought in an angel and crossed them over. And then I kept going back and back and back through time. And there was a Native American and he's standing by in her bedroom, in my client's bedroom. But for him, it's not a bedroom. It's this bluff. And he was told to follow the wagon trains. But there was a, a wagon train fight with a bunch of other braves and he died, but he kept looking after the wagon train following it. And it ended up in Pasadena. Now think about that concept. Two people living in the exact same space separated by time. What you can do if you think you have a ghost and you never heard of the crossing over prayer is anyone can do this. You don't have to go find a medium. You can bring in Make a request, and I don't care if you believe it or not. It does work if you don't believe it. Ask for powerful angels, archangels, to come in, and you don't even have to use a name. I hereby request a powerful angel, archangels, to come in and escort any and all souls who are here and cross them over into the heaven world right now because there's no time in that dimension. So when you cross them over right away, when you're, when you're making that request and you are specific right now, then you have shifted something in that dimension. That's, that's kind of how it works. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It does. Oh my gosh. There's so, my mind is just running. This is so fascinating to me um, just through my own experiences and through what I've heard from my friends and family. We needed you a long time ago, Tina. <laughs> um, what I was curious about, so we're talking a lot about houses and haunted houses, but 
Do you believe that there are just certain people that maybe attract ghosts and maybe it's them and not the house? Maybe they move from place to place or I don't know. Is that a thing? (laughs) That's a very astute observation. I had a client who came to me for a different reason and she said, I feel like there's a woman with me. And I said, well, let's take a look. And we were able to look together and she had made a, you know, a weekend visit to San Francisco and picked up a woman who was a dance hall girl. And she had this beautiful costume and she was caught by a stray bullet as somebody was shooting it out in one of the saloons, which they used to have in, in the San Francisco area. And we crossed her over. Well, she wasn't ordinarily a ghost magnet, but there was something about my client being in some level of resonance with that particular ghost. So yes, that can happen. I see it happen with kids a lot too. Or you can be a person who their their auric field shines and you look like you could help them. I've had that happen to me before. Ghosts come to me and say, you're the one who's supposed to help us. It's like, did I just wear the wrong uniform today? No, I was supposed to do that. And at that time, I didn't know how to help that person. I learned so that when it happened in the future, I could help that person. So yes, that can happen. And a lot of people consider themselves empaths, which means that their heart goes out and there's a softness to their energy and they want to help everyone. And a lot of them have been wounded themselves. And to heal themselves, they want to help other people. But in so doing, they end up having their own energy just siphoned off. And then it's this horrible cycle. And ghosts can do that too, and other entities. If you're an empath, that's swell. But you have to learn how to use whatever that ability is. And you have to be disciplined about it and firm. You can't feel so sorry for them that you neglect the reality of the situation. They're dead. It doesn't matter what their story is much anymore. Cross them over. Because an awful lot of big people have never crossed over. I mean, that was a real shock to me. I thought everybody crossed over. Isn't that what you do? But the reality is the dead tell me they have no idea what to do. It's like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Whoopi Goldberg, Demi Moore. One of my favorites. <laughs> That movie is so accurate. Mm -hmm. I could do a dissertation on how accurate it is on so many almost chilling and yet poignant levels. Most ghosts don't go after their killers. A lot of ghosts are in such shock and their frequency drops when a person is murdered. There's many forms of death and the method of death determines what happens to you after death. It also determines how your family grieves you. that's a great question is what what happens when you die and are there steps you need to take to get to the light or to not become trapped as a ghost well first of all figuring out that you're dead is a big one (laughs) (laughs) number one ding 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 (laughs) uh my brother used to work for the screen actors guild and i got this frantic phone call and he said oh one of my you know colleagues is a producer at paramount and She's her car broke down. She stopped by the side of the road. She was on the phone. She was hit by a car, sideswiped, and she's dead. And she doesn't know it. And I can feel her. And you need to just cross her over. So I said, you know, okay, I'll take it on. So I contacted her. I found her, and I said, you know, I, I hate to 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 break this to you, but 
the reason that policeman isn't helping you is that you're dead. He can't hear you. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I have a nail appointment tomorrow, a kid's birthday party on Saturday, and I have a meeting with Paramount on Monday. I can't be dead. You must be mistaken. And I said, well, unfortunately, I'm not mistaken, and you are dead. And I just see this nice angel here, this big guy, the sweet, kind, beautiful angel that will walk you across that light bridge to the heaven world right now. And they'll help you understand what happened to you, but you can't keep staying on the side of the road. And this, she went into complete shock and I had her, you know, crossed over. When death comes and some of us know we're dying, some of us enter a death gate and every birthday is a death gate. Every single birthday you came in and it, there's like a, an opportunity. And if you study when someone dies, you'll look at whether they're 30 days on either side of their birthday. It's really uncanny. I've noticed that. I've definitely noticed that. Wow. Those are called death gates and you can leave at that point. So if death comes to you, it isn't a good thing or a bad thing. It is simply an event. And 99.999% of the time, the light comes just like it did for Patrick Swayze in that film. And there's this beautiful shaft of light. But in the fourth dimension, we live in the third dimension of physicality. And the fourth dimension is like a step-up transformer before you move into the fifth dimension or the heaven world. In the fourth dimension, you have free will. Because you still have free will, you decide, just like he did, whether or not to move into that light. And he chose not to do that at the time. It did eventually come. And many times it comes repeatedly because I've asked them, I said, look, you know, you're such a good person. Didn't you see the light? And they said, oh, yeah, it comes all the time for me, but I can't leave. I've got to do this. Oh, wow. And this, like, it comes for people who take their own life, mm-hmm. the suicides. It comes for people who are murdered. It comes for children. However you die, if you're talking to a cop and he's not paying attention, odds are you're dead. And so what you're going to want to do is look for the light, ask an angel to help you cross into the light. Once you get there, it is amazing what that light will do. Someone will meet you. There are divine beings who will sit you down and help you go over the life you lived, but they're not going to judge you. They're just going to show you your life. You can ask any question you want. They talk about the next life or the next reincarnation cycle. And you can wait up to at least 152 Earth-timed years before you come back, which is a, that's one of, that's an average. Some people, it's a thousand. Some people, people have come back in five. You can reincarnate from the fourth dimension, which is why you see the same people make the same stupid mistakes over and over and over. If you are at peace with yourself and who you have always been and you die, you've died in a state of grace. And when the light comes for you and you cross into that light, it's so bright, but it doesn't hurt your eyes. It's so warming. It's like it takes your heart and cuddles it with the most beautiful feeling you can possibly imagine. And when someone embraced, feels that embrace, this part of them has had a longing for how many centuries? I helped a a lady in 
North Dakota, whose son, 17 year old son took his own life. And I worked with her and together we crossed him over. She got to see him cross into the light. And she was so thrilled to cross him over. It was her last act as his parent. So I've talked a lot, so I'll stop talking for a minute. No, I'm just, I was getting emotional. I mean, I'm really invested and I appreciate all of your insight. I had a quick question about your gifts specifically because you've had all of these amazing stories. And I'm curious when you were, you know, talking to the woman on the side of the road or helping the woman cross over her son, are you seeing them in your mind's eye? Are you feeling them? Are you like, how are, how are your gifts expressed? I have an ability. It's not a gift. I couldn't give it back if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I know about that. <laughs> I stumbled on the ability to remote view. And so when someone says, can you look at my house in Pasadena or can you look at my house in Perth, Australia, I can be in one place. And if I have the coordinates, I can project consciousness to that location. And it takes a lot of energy to do it. You can't, you can't do this and not build up since the, psychic stamina to do it could takes it takes a lot out of you and anyone who helps the dead really is offering them the light i just happen to be a, a messenger and i am fully conscious of everything i'm doing i'm very aware i can see it and when i'm working with a client on the phone i have a methodology to enable the client to see the same thing it's for a brief time and I don't, I don't share how I do that unless it's a person one-on-one. Yeah. I'm sure you need to protect that, of course. And I guess when you were talking about ghosts, I was also thinking, okay, so, you know, Patrick Swayze, and I love that we can just use this as a reference because it is such a beautiful film. When Patrick Swayze goes around to all these places, are ghosts usually kind of trapped in the one place or do they, do they have the ability to transcend and move in different, I guess, areas? Great question. When you're dead, you're no longer encumbered by the physicality of a body and you travel with the speed of thought. And I crossed over an orthopedic surgeon who he'd been my neighbor for years and years and years. And he was riding home on a motorcycle one night and he swerved to miss a skunk. And he figured out he was dead and and people said, oh, you know, he died. And I, I realized one day he was standing in my office and it was after his funeral. He said, you have to cross me over. He, he said, when I realized I was dead, all of a sudden I was standing next to the police officer who's telling my wife I died. And then I'm standing next to my kids when my, you know, my wife tells my children and her children that that I died and then my partners and she has to, and I'm hanging among all these people and their grief is so staggering. It's like these black cords are wrapping around me and I can't leave. And if you don't help me, I will be trapped here forever. Cause I, I keep, they think about me and I'm just ricocheting. It's called traveling with the speed of thought. So that's an excellent question. And you can, you can travel. Not all ghosts do. I knew when my mother died, I knew instantly when she left her body because she was standing, she died in North Carolina, but she was standing in my kitchen in San Diego when she died. 
right after she died. I knew she was there. I could feel her presence. So when someone says, oh, my relative died 3,000 miles away, but I just know they were here, they're correct. They didn't imagine that. People need to be believed, not ridiculed. That's my soapbox. I'll step off of it. (laughs) No, yeah, no. I know one of my um, best friends in high school, her mom passed and she was a skeptic, very much so. And she said she had felt her mom rubbing her back I mean, a couple of days later when she was falling asleep. So I definitely believe that. And yeah, I guess for you, Tina, is it just so hard to constantly be picking up on this? Or do you have really good boundaries with spirit? Because you said that guy just showed up in your office. I mean, I'm sure there's people you want to help, but other people, you, know, you, want a, you want a normal life. I know this is a part of your purpose, but how do you kind of deal with that? That's, a, that's another really important point. 99.9% of the time, the layer, I have layers of protection and I will share this tool with anyone who wants to use it because it's a very, very powerful tool. Oh, beautiful. You imagine that you've got an archangel on either shoulder and an archangel walking about four feet in front of you, creating a tetrahedral shape. When you do that, you're in the center of it. You Make the request that the angels cross these people over. It is huge spiritual service to do that. So on my home and property, I do a series of spiritual practices 365 days a year, which raises the frequency of the property. I have many, many different layers of protection, including heavy duty feng shui Uh that keeps things um, feng shui. I use uh, biogeometry. I use um, a lot of blessing and prayer, all different kinds of elements, including crystal. I have just thousands and thousands of pieces of crystal. So that's that's how I do it. Is there a specific, not to pick favorites, but is there a specific arch- archangel that you like to work with? I ask for whoever's available because they Archangel Michael and Gabriel kind of get overworked. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I just asked for archangels. Okay, beautiful. And there's a population of them, and um, I have a I have a spiritual team that helps me. So if I make that request, and and if I'm dealing with a a a, a situation where a seven foot archangel is going to be a little bit intimidating, then I do something a little different. If you're dealing with a child ghost, bring in a child angel. Mm, specific. Okay. If you do that, it's that angel's not intimidating. The child isn't alone anymore. And then they skip across the light bridge to the heaven world. Do ghosts usually not recall the moment of death or... So, so when you die, um, cause I, I'm always really scared of like a painful death, right? So do you pop out of the body before death or do you experience death or is it personal for every single circumstance, you know, for the individual? I viewed a house in, um, Suffolk, Virginia many years ago, and there were a lot of different things happened in that house, but it went back to the civil war and there were two children in that um on the property one was four and one was seven i think and their mother died and the slave owners didn't want to have to deal with children so they burned their shack to the ground with the children inside and sometimes this job is really hard when you see viciousness on that level 
it really takes your breath away. And so I, I asked her to tell me what happened. Sometimes they just want to tell someone what happened to them. And she says, you know, the smoke started coming in and it got hotter and hotter. And, and then the next thing I know, we're standing outside watching our shack burn. So the smoke inhalation was such that it killed them pretty quickly. Okay. So it's mostly quick. It's mostly quick. Um, I've seen plane crash victims. That's my biggest question. I thought about the plane crash victim. Do they pop out of the body before? I could be psychic. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I feel that all the time. (laughs) So when a, a plane crash victim... I've done regressions with people who were plane crash victims and they did have crush injuries. I mean, that's just the reality of the physics of the situation. But in the, this particular plane load of people who died, the moment of death was a bomb. And then they found themselves on the ground walking around as ghosts and they didn't know what they were supposed to do next. So the moment of death is so staggering. The, the physical body is in, can be in multiple pieces, feet and arms and legs and different places. But the ghost body is intact. So you're seeing them at the moment of death. Some of them know their plane has crashed. Some of them don't know. They don't understand. They don't understand where they are, how they got there. It, it, it's like, this, am I dead? Can you help me? Oh my gosh. I know not to end this interview on such a scary note, but it is spooky season. Um, What is one thing I think you can give the audience to take away that's a little more like comforting about dying and ghost experiences? We're all going to die by some method. Cross over. Ask for an angel to help you. And when you cross over, there's going to be this staggering warm, loving light that will bring you a level of peace and happiness you can't imagine. Your body will be repaired from whatever caused your death. It will help your family have more comfort. And if you are dying, ask for an angel to be standing by to cross you over. Not the angel of death. They have another job but an angel that will be ready for you. If you have to help someone die, bring in an angel. And if you're not sure what prayers to use, use the crossing over prayer book. It's on Amazon. All of this will be the compassion that you will want for yourself. Absolutely. And if someone isn't resonant with prayer, or let's say they have some conditioning around using a prayer, what do you recommend? As a child, I found it really hard. It took me a lot of years to get past that but there's a comfort in them. I don't care what someone's born into and what you're finding with the prayer and what you're finding with that divine connection is love. My job is to help these souls find that powerful love that is the light. Beautiful. We'll end on that note because that was just such a great way to wrap it up. Tina, how can people find you, work with you, buy your books? (laughs) I would recommend people look for Ghost Helpers with an S, ghosthelpers.com. And I've got eight different books on Amazon, including uh, Ghost Stories from the Ghost Point of View, The Crossing Over Prayer Book, 
The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief. Five, five of the books are audio. I'm working on getting them all into audio. The ghost books are audio books. They're great to listen to. Ooh, especially right now. Yes. Especially right now as we're facing Halloween. Some of them are a little scary and some of them will really um, open up your heart. Thank you so much for your time and your gifts. And we really appreciate all the insight you gave us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yay, same. Another special thanks to our guest today, Tina Irwin. And you know how to find me online, spiritsis.com. Make sure you are signed up for the newsletter as well. I have been putting out some astrology forecasts and promos. And also you can find me on Instagram at spirit underscore sis or TikTok spirit sis. And I look forward to every DM and connection with you. And until next time, Keep it high vibe. (laughs) Love you. Bye-bye.